This is the Endurance Church Podcast with Pastor Anthony Bass. At Endurance Church, our goal is to live well and finish strong by becoming faithful disciples of Christ. We do this through loving, disciplined, Bible-based teaching, encouragement, and care. For more information about our ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. And now, today's message. Is this a conspiracy theorist sermon? Yes, yes, I get one in a lifetime. Nevertheless, it's not necessarily what you may think. Think about it from the very beginning in the garden. There was a communication mess up. If you go back to the beginning, after God gave his commandment to Adam, Adam, we think, communicated it to Eve. And if you look at the specific communication, going down to the details of the words, Eve did not repeat precisely to Satan what Adam had received from God. There was miscommunication in perfection. It's a very important point. Because my earnest belief is that this war is won on communication. God has communicated a very specific message to us. And the challenge is a lot of us have trouble having confidence in what God said. We, we, we're challenged with trusting God's character. And a lot of times as we start to communicate, the stuff gets kind of lost in translation. We, we, we hear something and we believe it, but sometimes there's a thought that runs contrary to the very thing we just heard from God. We, we may open up our Bibles or have an experience. We're like, wait a minute, what am I to believe to be true? Because I know what God says specifically. However, I'm getting this other information that's turning into static. And you don't even know where to go or what to believe. And that's why I try my best to be a guy who communicates the word of God, the truth. Why? Because there's so much information out there today that you get lost in a deluge of it that you don't even know what to believe. If you go to the internet right now, every single word I speak, there is something that runs contrary to it. And there are arguments that back up or would seemingly justify what they're saying. How do you know what's right? How do you know what's wrong? Thankfully, we have God's Holy Spirit within us. He's the teacher of all truth. He's the communicator. But if you don't know his voice, then it's almost like you're on an island by yourself with a radio that doesn't work. So we're hoping to do here at church, and that's why we have these cars that we run through on a weekly basis. Our hope is to get you starting to do these disciplines so that you can hear God's voice for yourself. God speaks. He created our mouth. He communicates. He created communication. Matter of fact, he created a language. He gave it to the Jewish people. He wrote it on, on tablets of stone. Like he, That's his idea. So he's communicated us truths in history that he expects us to believe. 
one of the biggest truths I was laying down thinking about this sermon series, um, which is basically the teaching of Jesus over the past year. I was laying down and I was trying to think about this one truth. Everything in our reality hinges on one fact. Did Jesus Christ rise from the grave? Now, I don't know about... Has anyone here been to Israel? Raise your hand if you've been to Israel. Wait, one, two, three. Oh, we have a lot of people who've been to Israel. Matter of fact, they went to Israel with us. We all went together. So thankfully, whatever I say, they can cooperate, right? Thankfully. I'm getting more credible, right? Thankfully. But nevertheless... When you go over to Israel, it's almost like you have to like process everything because there's a lot of stuff that happens there that could never happen here. But almost everywhere we went, there were people who were necessarily, not intentionally, but, but not unintentionally either, they were, they were marketing different sites. They, they were making money off historical sites. And, and when we went to each site, we had to think, is this really the spot that Jesus stood. And you have to process that in your brain. Is, is this the spot? Well, well, we went to this, or two spots. I can't say one spot because it was actually two spots where they believe Jesus Christ actually was resurrected. Did we not? We did. One was called the Church of the what? Holy Sepulcher. It was almost like a castle. Now, I'll be honest, we didn't have the patience of waiting that three-hour-long line to actually go into the actual tomb that they said Jesus where he was. Because it was, I mean, this is, people are like this, and this is two hours later, they're right here. Right? I mean, like, two, you get that? Like, two hours later. So we were like, man, we're not, but we got to see the other spots. We got to see potentially the place where the cross was at. We, we, we talked about it before, like, we, we wanted to touch it put our hands down in it, but, but we were like, okay, I, I couldn't make it through the line. Other people had more patience than I did. But it was like amazing. This is the thing. This is where Jesus died. But it got better because we went to the two places that they think where Jesus was actually resurrected from, the Holy Sepulcher, the church, and then also the garden tomb. Now, the garden tomb was awesome for us because we actually had church there. We did communion, and we walked into the tomb itself. It's amazing because we're looking at it. We're like, man, is this the spot? Where Jesus was resurrected. It was beautiful. It was nice. It was pretty. You actually get, could crawl inside the hole and step inside and see where potentially Jesus lay. Now, all those historical places are real. But the conversation kind of started while we were there. Which site do you think is the real one? And we started like kind of like debating. Well, I think it's this one. I think it's that one. And we came to the conclusion it doesn't matter. Which one's the right one? But what does matter is, was he resurrected? Like, that's the point. That's the point of all points. Paul said, if Jesus Christ had not been resurrected, then we are believing in vain. And we are the least, the most sorry of all people. Because if Jesus Christ hadn't resurrected, it means there is no hope. If Jesus Christ didn't resurrect it, it means like, we are in trouble, you all. Because nobody's getting out of this alive. I don't care what people think. Finding the key to the fountain of youth, we haven't found it yet. But Jesus Christ gives us the ultimate promise. Believe in me, know God, and receive eternal life. So when you look in the scripture, there's a lot of detail about this one historical event. Did Jesus Christ rise from the dead? That's the whole point. I remember 
And I have talked about the story often that I had a, a baby that passed away a long, long time ago. I remember going to church and, you know, we were praying for the baby not to die at that time, but the baby still passed away and everybody was praying and it still happened. And I remember going to uh, church with my youth pastor. No, we actually went to a Shoney's. They don't have it down here. Big boys, maybe anybody. <laughs> so, see, we're hype about it. So he said, babe, don't get so hype about it. But we know I'm getting hype. Nevertheless, <laughs> we went there to eat and he's giving me counsel. What can you say? Everybody prayed. Everybody was diligent, but the baby still passed away. And at the end of the conversation, he said this, Anthony, this is the one thing I want you to hold on to. This is the one premise I want you to cling to. Jesus Christ rose from the dead. He looked at me and said, do you believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead? I said, yes, I do. He said, that's, that's what you need. He said, I can't give you answers to why these things didn't happen. I can't give you answers to why this stuff ended up the way it did, why, why the prayers weren't answered, why this tragedy happened in your life. But the one thing you got to get deep down in your heart, that Jesus Christ rose from the dead. And I walked away from that meeting encouraged, because I believe that. And today we're going to jump into the scripture, and we're going to find some miscommunication that happened as soon as Jesus Christ was resurrected from the dead. Got a point that says, far better to take refuge in God than trust in people. Far better to take refuge in God than trust in celebrities. As I always say, um, maybe a long time ago, I said, I haven't probably said it in a while, but there's this um, email that used to go out before there was Facebook. I don't know, some of you are probably too young because you only remember Facebook, but before Facebook, we used to send like Facebook-like messages via email, right? It, chain mail, chain emails. They used to send them out everywhere. And I was like the master of that. Like I would, every email, oh, I would shoot them out. This is so good. And I remember one, it was, it was amazing uh, facts about the Bible. And it had how many scriptures there were, and how many verses, and how many words. And the one I liked the most said, but do you know the very center of the Bible is Psalms chapter 118, verse 8. Look in your Bible right now. You'll find it. And it says, it's better to trust God than man. It's better to trust God. But if you don't know God, if you can't hear God, if you don't have a relationship with God, how are you going to trust him? What you have right now is God's word. God knew that. God knew people would have challenge. They would be challenged trusting his voice, trusting his spirit. So he gave us his word, empirical, in history, so that we could, in a sense, trust him. Now, you can go to Israel, too, and see all the artifacts and see all the landmarks and sites. But faith comes by hearing God's word and hearing God's word alone. Those other things may help support your faith, but you need to know God's word for yourself. Because my hope is once you understand his word, then you'll be able to discern his voice. Because God is real. And we're right now warring as a people, honestly, I believe, for direction. And direction has always been there from the voice of God. We've drifted, I think, a lot of people away from hearing God. A lot of times we pray and we, we talk to God, but we don't listen to him. Because we can't hear him. And we don't do the due diligence to do the things necessary so that we can hear his voice. It's a process. You control this process. Do you want to know God? 
We'll jump into a quick scripture and we're done for the day. Matthew chapter 20, verses 11 through 13. Now, um, you have to understand the context of this. It's very interesting. And right now, in verse 11, uh, it's preceded by verses 1 through 10, obviously, but it's basically the resurrection has happened. Jesus has been resurrected. He's, he's risen from the dead, and now he's Lord. But, but what's been interesting is there's been a series of people who have run to the tomb to check him out, to see where he is. He's not there. There are a couple of people who go back twice to the tomb to see, oh, he's really not there. A couple of women went to the tomb to check and see if he's not there. They go run to tell the disciples. They don't believe it. Peter comes running to see, is it really happening? He sees, he's not there. He runs out of there. There's more people running backwards because they're trying to figure out, what has happened? His body is gone. Was it the, the garden tomb? Maybe. Was it the church of Holy Sepulchre? Who knows? But the scriptures say his body is gone. This is the point you got to get into your brain today. They never found a body for the historical figure called Jesus Christ. They never found it. Why wouldn't somebody produce the body unless there was not a body? Now, you may have read the book by Dan Brown. Everybody know the name of that book? Did everybody, what was it called? Anybody? The Da Vinci Code. Now you may have watched the Da Vinci Code and they said there was a it, it doesn't even make sense logically. You have to understand how high the stakes were that Jesus Christ really died. Now, think about it. The Romans needed him dead because Jesus Christ was a beginning to a, a kind of build this sense of national pride. Remember when Jesus, remember the uh, the day of when he, co- he came back in the, the it's called the, what's called the day of uh, what? When he entered the temple, the triumphal entry. Remember, he, he triumphantly enters the temple. And everybody's saying, what are they saying? Thank you. Hosanna. Well, you know what that Hosanna means? Oh, come save us now. They thought this was the moment that Israel was going to take over all the planet because the Messiah is there. And then after that, Jesus leaves and goes to the the mount, and has the Olivet Discourse. He has the conversation about the end times. He says there'll be wars and rumors of wars. There'll be earthquakes in various places. There'll be volcanic explosions in Hawaii. <laughs> See, you get, okay, I got it. Okay, I know how to work with y'all now, okay? So nevertheless, he's like, all these things are coming, but the end is not yet. He said, this is what's coming before my return. Now, there are Wars and rumors of war. There's earthquakes in diverse places. There's volcanic activity in Hawaii. We, we, but it's not yet. But these are signs. And then we know Jesus eventually, what? He gets, he gets captured. And he gets captured and tortured. Now, I skipped the, one of the main parts is he had the feast in the upper room. The last Seder meal. We call it the last supper. And during that time, he told them once again, all this stuff was about to happen. He said, believe I'm going to be resurrected again on the third day. He told them. He gets crucified. He gets put in the tomb, Joseph's tomb. Either it was the garden tomb or the church of the Holy Sepulchre. We don't know. But the scripture says it happened. And the only thing that'll get in your brain is, did this happen? Because if it happened, it changes everything. 
It means this body that we're in is not our complete reality. Our bodies are wasting away. My hair is turning grayish. All I have, all my joints have arthritis. I pass kidney stones now consistently, right? <laughs> my body's falling apart. And if I think that this body is all there is, then I don't have hope. Then there's no reason to come to church. But if Jesus Christ has really been raised from the dead, then we have everything to hope for. That because every problem can be solved through him. Every challenge. And our greatest enemy, death, could not even hold him down. So take comfort. But take comfort if you believe that he was resurrected from the dead. The resurrection. And now these two different things happen simultaneously. And this is what you got to get. And this is part of the example we did earlier today. The first thing happened here. It says, now, while they were going, these are the women who left the tomb. They're running from the tomb, going back. Look at what happens. Behold. Now, every time there's a behold there, it's, it's, a, it's beholding your attention. This word there is to, to almost like a parachute, to slow your brain down. Because he's trying to make an important point. And we know Matthew, the tax collector, we believe, wrote in shorthand. He has three or four of Jesus' longest discourse. He was an amazing author. He had a great memory. He's trying to get to the details here. And he wrote this, behold here, to get you to focus on this point. He says, behold. Look at this. As the women were going to what? To communicate that Jesus Christ had been resurrected. Now, you have to understand how important this point is. While this point is, is so important because in, during this day and time, women, this is not me, this is during this day and time, a woman's testimony was not credible at all. If a woman gave her testimony, it didn't really mean anything. There had to be men who had to testify. Now, this is not me. This don't look at me. Don't be mad at me. I'm saying during this day and time, right? Don't look at me that way. I can't see you because it's dark anyway. <laughs> but why would the Bible say that women went and shared the gospel before anybody else? Why wouldn't it be Peter or James or John? Why women? Because the Bible's not trying to make you feel good. It's trying to tell the truth. And the only reason why it says women were the first one to preach the gospel is because that's what happened. The Bible is a book about history as it really is. You of your Bible, you see your heroes fall all the time, make plenty of mistakes. If I'm writing a story and trying to get people to believe in me, I'm going to write a story about Batman. And Batman will never lose. He would win every fight. He'd be noble. He'd be perfect. But when you open up the Bible, you don't see that at all. You see people's flaws, warts, and all. Because God is trying to tell you something. This is real. He goes on to say, now while they were going, the women, behold, look at this. Some of the guard came into the city and reported to the chief priest all the things that had happened what had happened an angel came the stone was rolled away an earthquake they took off running these are super soldiers these are navy seals these are green berets guarding jesus's tomb 
I don't know if anything about computer encryption, but this is probably the most secured area on the planet when Jesus Christ died. It was as secure as they could possibly make it. There was nothing and nowhere on the planet more secure than that place right there at that time. And they were guarded by Navy SEALs, by John Wayne, by Rambo, by Chuck Norris, by Bruce Lee, by John Monclantown. They were all guarding the tomb at once. And they were making sure this guy's body would never leave this tomb. Was it at the Church of the Holy Sepulcher? I don't know. Was it the garden tomb? I don't know. But you know what these guys knew? They better not. That's a better not. Let that body go anywhere. Because what happens if that body disappears? They lose their lives. They have incentive. So we have Navy SEALs guarding this tomb with security. And now this divine event happens and they're running away, not knowing what happened. We know an angel basically opened the tomb, rolled it away. Jesus Christ is resurrected and gone. Now, we know the reason why the stone was rolled away was for Jesus, right? It was for the people. They would have never known he was gone. That that stone had to be rolled because Jesus, at that point, he's walking through walls, y'all, at this time. Like, he's walking through walls. He doesn't need the, the stone rolled away. We need the stone rolled away. And is it by coincidence that the stone was rolled away? No. It's for us to empirically understand this is a historical event that could have been, in a sense, argued against, but it couldn't have been argued against because why? It happened. And the disciples would have said, that's not true. The, the Jewish people never argued, was a stone rolled away? It was rolled away. That's a miracle in itself. Let me keep rolling. And when they had assembled with the elders, who are these, these super soldiers, and consulted together, they have negotiations, what? Because they're trying to get out of trouble. They gave a large sum of money to the soldiers. Now, why did the soldiers not go back to Pilate? Why did they go to the Jewish people? Because they know if they go to Pilate, they probably die. They went to the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders, to kind of get some plans together. Because they, the Jewish people, the Jewish leaders, did not want Jesus Christ to be free, to be released from the tomb, even though Jesus preached it. He prophesied it. They knew this. They even said that traitor said he'd, be a, he'd rise in three days. So they said, let's do these things so that he couldn't get out. They set all these traps and all these plans to make sure this one event would not happen. But it did. These, these super soldiers got paid money. And what did they get paid to say? They said, tell them that his disciples came at night and stole him away while we slept. Imagine this point. This is what I want you to understand. Adam received the message from God. And as soon as Satan gets the other message out, he got it out. God's not trustworthy. The gospel started being preached by women immediately. But as soon as the gospel started being preached, what happened? Now, while they were going, at the exact same moment, another message started being preached. 
that this didn't really happen. This message was, and they stole his body at night while we were sleeping. Are you, you telling me you didn't hear the stone rolled away, bro? That was a big stone. Was it the, and there's rock everywhere. It's rock. I don't care if it was at the, I don't care if it was the Holy Sepulcher or that there was, it was a rock. And it was loud. It had to be loud. I don't imagine a rock that big could be moved without noise. But they slept through it. That's tough. That's tough. But think about this. Is that the best lie you could come up with? Think about how impulsive that is. Why would you say that his body got stolen away? Think about what they're saying. His body is gone. They're not saying, they're not saying oh no, his body's still in the tomb. At first they're saying, Jesus' body is gone. Why would they say that? That's the worst thing to say that his body is gone because that's exactly what he said it was going to happen. Like if you're going to come up with a lie, come up with something, but they couldn't come up with a better lie because why? His body is gone. Jesus' body is not in the tomb. There's nobody hiding his bones anywhere. This would have been the one opportunity, the best opportunity they had to stop if they thought Jesus Christ wasn't resurrected a lie. But they didn't get it when they had a chance. So the best thing they didn't come up with is his body is gone. His body's not there. If this comes to the governor's ears, Pilate will appease him and make you secure. They're saying if Pilate hears about Jesus' body being stolen away, we'll take care of you. We got your back. Take this money. Look at what happened. So the super soldiers took the money, and did as they were instructed. And this saying is commonly reported among the Jews until this day. He said, as I'm writing this gospel down, this is what Jewish people are saying. The disciples stole the body. But how could that be true? It's not true. It is not true. But do you believe that? What has happened in history, is that everything the world has done has tried to get you to doubt everything about God, but nothing more than this point right here. If you believe that Jesus Christ is resurrected from the dead, man, you are on the way to eternal life and winning this war. But if you're having doubts, my question to you today is why not go and figure out where those doubts started from and find answers? Because they're there. And the one thing I think about, first of all, is Jesus Christ, is he really resurrected? And if he is, you're good. Got a couple points and we're done for the day. The world will attempt to undermine Jesus' teaching with lies. I grew up my life, uh, and I'll tell you my little story. Oh, my gosh, dude, that, that went so fast. That time did. <laughs> I, I, I looked up, and it was like two minutes till, and I was like, okay, that's unfair. <laughs> I grew up, um, and I wanted to be a doctor. My, um, my uncle was a doctor in, in, in Colorado, and I was going through all the different classes, but I could not overcome ev- evolution. When, when, I, when I started learning about evolution, I said, I can't believe there's a God in evolution to be true. I couldn't reconcile the two. 
And that's how I lived my life until about maybe 12 years ago. I read a book called Darwin's Black Box. Anybody read that about William Behe? Michael Behe, I think that's his name. And he comes up with a concept called the irreducible complexity. And he says that this is impossible evolution on a microbiological level. Therefore, from that argument until today, evolution as a theory, as a worldview, as a meta-narrative has, is being destroyed systematically, falling apart. But we have nothing as a world to, or as a culture to replace it with. What I'm saying is there's no point in life that there's an argument that can overcome the truth of God. It doesn't matter what topic it is. Physics. Jesus is at the end of physics. Mathematics. Jesus is at the end of mathematics. History. Jesus is at the end of history. They could change the dating system all they want. They can call it BCE and AD. It doesn't matter. History turned at this moment when Jesus Christ was resurrected. The question is, do you believe God or do you believe man? The world is proactively trying to destroy your confidence in God. I was so amazed when Chris started singing about confidence today. Your confidence is in God. It's in God. And even if you have trouble with reading the, the Bible, believing it's accurate, we have scholars who have now come and gone, who their lifetime was designed to get you to trust the, real, the reliability of God's Word. I don't know if you know a man named Chuck Missler, but he was, a, he was a Bible champion. His whole mission was to get you to trust God's Word. It's reliable. It's trustworthy. Do you believe? Understand the world has strategically devised lies to get you to doubt Jesus' words. I don't care how many other religions that come up between this time and now, all of them will make you doubt Jesus' words. Because that's how the enemy wins. If you doubt Jesus, he has you. There are a lot of other options out there, seemingly, but it's really either Jesus or all the other ones. Jesus in a class all by himself. Why? Because he's the only one that was raised from the dead. Everybody else is in the grave. We can go to everybody else's grave. You know that? All the other religious rulers and original religious originators, all of them are what? In their grave. Jesus is not. Last point almost. Do it so you understand the motivation of humanity outside of God. Humanity outside of God is trying to get you to doubt God. There's a monolithic thought out there. God isn't real. God isn't good. Jesus is not a real prophet. His words are fake. And there's no such thing as the Spirit of God. That's the world's lie. Do you trust the world or do you trust God? History proves the corruption of mankind, but Jesus proves the purity of God. We're concluding now. As we conclude this sermon, my hope is that you understand one thing. God is trustworthy. My feeble attempt to make you understand that I'm sorry, maybe I missed that mark. My hope is you'll go and do your own research. Go read the case for Christ, the case for the creator, the case for Jesus. Read all the cases you can. Go read C.S. Lewis, Ravi Zacharias. Read, go back to preach, read John Wesley. All these men who died believing that Jesus Christ was who he says he was, that he was resurrected from the dead. If you don't believe these, go back to the Gospels. All these young men died, Jewish people died believing that Jesus was the Messiah. Why would they die for a lie?
Would you do that? Remember, you can't trust God and the world. Sounds hard, but it's true. The Bible says the world is enmity toward God, hates God. When the world gets God in its clutches, it will hurt God. For instance, let me tell you this slight thing. When, when the world got Jesus in prison, the world abused Jesus. If the world or people had power over God, we'd hurt God. We need to have a new heart to come into God's presence. Because we naturally don't like God. But we need to be set free, given a new heart so that when we're in his presence, we're at peace with him. I hope for you today is that you This has been a presentation of Endurance Church. For more about the ministry, head to endurancechurch.org. Follow us on Twitter at twitter.com slash endurancechurch and like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash endurancechurch.tv. Remember to live well and finish. You say you want my heart. You want my heart. You say you want my heart. You want my heart. You say you want my heart. You want my heart. You say you want my heart. I was reaching for the stars in the world, searching for colors and shadows. Until you came, I was living like a fire. Never heard of the sun and the sky What I was missing was Your love, your colors, your light My search is over, over now I will not be lied to anymore on my